0: kind father what a great reminder week after week we remind each other that your love never ever ever gives up on us it's just so good so good and i pray today for each person that's tuning in listening watching that something would happen between the message that comes off of the screen and into our hearts god i pray that the holy spirit would speak to us and touch and transform us so that we become more like Jesus. We pray this in your name, amen. I have some uh, photos on the screen for us this morning. We've been thinking about uh, COVID-19 and how it's impacted teachers. And I want you to just look at this. Teachers trying to start virtual teaching with no experience or prior training. I love this quote, I am 100% certain that I am zero percent sure of what I am going to do. Now let me just tell you part of my fear before we even get into the next meme is that you are listening to this sermon series on COVID clarity on making disciples and your filter is like a teacher that's launching into teaching on Zoom uh, through COVID. That you're kind of going I'm 100% sure that I don't know what I'm doing and, uh, and we don't have a plan. Look at these other, uh, Luke, you must learn the ways of the force. I'm ready. Obi-wan. okay. Let's see here. After you've logged in, you're going to want to go to the student portal and click Jedi again. What's the point? Oh my gosh. Is this disciple making? complicated are you sitting there watching this series the last few weeks going i'm unqualified there's just too much i don't know if i have what it takes here's another slide when you don't like any of the options given by the district for the new school year you've been tuning into this sermon series on making disciples and you're going no don't like the options don't give up we're not giving up on you i think there's one more that's our secret there is no plan well that actually is not true we do have a plan and we've been talking about the plan and the plan is to surrender to the authority of christ all authority has been given to him that's what matthew 28 says and and because of that matthew writes therefore go and make disciples of all nations we talked about that last week everybody everywhere and baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit and today we're talking about that next phrase teaching them to obey we're going to just land on one word teaching teaching them two words teaching them teaching them to obey all that i've commanded you and this morning we're going to get locked into and learn from jesus five ways that we teach others that's part of disciple making some of you are going Oh, I'm not a lecturer. I'm not going to get in front of a chalkboard and lecture my students. You're right. You're not. That's not what disciple making is. There's different ways to teach and we learn from the master Jesus. Let's jump into them. Number one, we're called to teach by example. Jesus, that was his primary way. He didn't just tell them how to pray when they said, teach us to pray, Lord. And he taught them the Lord's Prayer. But he also showed them how to pray in mark chapter 1 verse 35 grab your bible open it mark 1:35, underline this it says early in the morning while it was still dark jesus got up and he slipped out to a solitary place to pray well how did they know that well mark knew that he must have seen him see he lived his life in front of his disciples and they caught what it meant to follow him as much as He taught it. And so this whole idea of teaching by our example, you think about the life of Jesus, think about how he modeled living a life of love through healing the sick, through befriending the tax collector. What about Peter? Not giving up on him after three times he denied him. That's powerful. It was the life of Jesus that impacted these guys who were known as his disciples. Now I want you to hear this some people will never ever come to church they'll never ever listen to a sermon or read the Bible but they will read your life they're going to read your life and they're going to watch how you live and let me tell you folks your neighbors your colleagues at work your children your friends they have a front row seat to your example and you are teaching them what it looks like to follow Jesus By the way you're living. And so this idea of teaching by example, that's the first point, the first lesson that we learned from the master. The second is teach by sharing stories. Jesus shared his own story with them. He was constantly reminding them of why he came, what he was all about, what made him tick, his relationship with the father. They had a front row seat to Jesus's relationship with the father because He kept sharing his own personal story. They saw him in the Garden of Gethsemane. They had a front row seat there to see him struggle and suffer and yield and surrender to the will of the Father. But Jesus also pulled spiritual truths from everyday life, right? Parables, stories, they're stories with a lesson. Think about the prodigal son, the good Samaritan, the unforgiving servant these are iconic stories parables that jesus taught his disciples that he was communicating a very powerful truth in all of the stories that he told and i just think that as men and women who are following jesus one of the ways we impact others is by sharing our story and sharing stories of spiritual truth just this week i saw a video of donald miller And he was sharing a story to teach a truth. And he shared this story uh, that he saw in the New York Times. And it was about Israeli women who had found out that there were Palestinian women who were landlocked, had never seen the ocean, never been to the beach, never been in the ocean water. And they set it up so that the Israeli women would take Palestinian women, they risked being prosecuted and persecuted, and uh, uh, becoming an, a criminal prosecution. And uh, what they did is, here, here's what it is. The beach trips followed a pattern. The Palestinian women would go in disguise, which meant they had to remove their clothes rather than covering up. They sat in the back seat of the Israeli cars that were driven by middle-aged Jewish women and they took off their headscarves and their long gowns. And then as the cars drove through an Israeli army checkpoint, everyone just waved. And it was just such a powerful story. And then they got him to the beach and they got to frolic in the water. And you can see the photo, it's powerful. And here was Donald Miller's point. He shared the story and then he made the point. He used the story to say that the ultimate team player is always thinking How can I help you get to where you want to go? How can I help you get to where you want to go? He told a story and then he made a point and it was powerful. And that's part of disciple making, sharing stories. Here's number three. Not only do we teach by example and by sharing stories, but we teach through sharing our wisdom, our knowledge, our experience, right? Jesus had so much wisdom. And if you look at the Sermon on the Mount, matthew chapters 5 6 and 7 he's teaching his disciples he's teaching uh, the multitudes as well you look at luke chapter 6 it's another version of that and i'm going to read for you jesus bringing wisdom bringing experience bringing his knowledge of his own relationship with the father and how to live life in a way that pleases god and he said this to them matthew 6 31 do to others as you would like them to do To you. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to others without expecting to be repaid. And then your reward from heaven will be very great. And you will be truly acting as children of the Most High. Underline that. You will be truly acting. That's becoming like Jesus, right? Uh, And then he goes, For he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. God, Jesus is kind to those who are unthankful. That's, you know, he's setting the example. He's teaching. Now he's sharing the wisdom about it. And then verse 36, he says, you must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. Sharing that wisdom, challenging, encouraging them. Really good stuff. You know, <clears throat> Natalie and I, early in our marriage, we had a, a marriage mentors, Dennis and Lucy Guernsey. We would go to their house once a month, it was great. And we were struggling about, should we rent a house or buy a house when we moved to Santa Barbara? And we sat down with them and we were like, we can't afford to ever buy a house in this town. It's not gonna happen. And Dennis sat down with us and he worked out our budget and our income. And he said, actually, you know what, with your tax breaks and all of this, it's actually gonna cost you the the exact same to to pay rent as it will to make your mortgage payment. He says, you just gotta figure out how to get the down payment. And all of a sudden we were like, what? It, It gave us hope that maybe we could buy a house, but it took someone with knowledge and wisdom and experience to pass it on to us. It was a mentoring discipleship moment around money And uh, that's how we, that's how we disciple others through sharing and teaching through sharing knowledge, wisdom, and experience. Number four is teaching through teachable moments. Jesus was always looking for the moment that he could, make a point think about the last supper the bread and the wine it was there think about the children that were were where parents were bringing their kids and the disciples were like get 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 those kids away he's too busy and he rebuked them and said no let the little children come to me he made a point through the teachable moment and then i love the story that we read in mark chapter 10 where james and john the sons of zebedee they come to him and listen to what they ask him they said we want you to do for us whatever we ask What? That's what they said to Jesus. We want you to do for us whatever we ask. And he said, well, what do you want me to do for you? And they replied, let one of us sit at your right hand, the other at your left, in your glory. And when the other 10 disciples heard this, they responded by, it says they were indignant. It means they were ticked off. They were angry. They were bitter with those two. And so Jesus saw the teachable moment. It says he gathered them together. I love that. He gathered them together and he, he gave him a teachable moment. And he basically said, whoever wants to be great among you must become your servant. Whoever wants to be first must become the slave of all. You know, that's so powerful. Jesus over and over in the gospels Making moments that became teachable to teach a spiritual truth to remind his disciples what God's kingdom is all about it's not about becoming great, it's about becoming a servant, it's not about getting rid of kids, it's about becoming childlike. Right? He just kept making spiritual truths out of teachable moments. I'm going to just tell this quick story. I know I'm short on time, but I got to tell it. There's a, a powerful story of a mentor, a guy who was discipling me, he was a team leader and I was on this mission trip, and our team was so divided, dysfunctional. We weren't even talking to each other. It was the middle of the week, and the guy who was discipling me picked up on it. He threw us in his van, and we were driving down the road, and he pulled off the side of the road, and he said, I want you all to climb on the roof of my van. We're like, what? So we all are sitting, and it's like 11.30 at night, sitting on the roof of his van, and, and he just said, you guys aren't a team. You're a bunch of individuals. And he said, I want you to look up into the sky right now. and Look at the stars. One star all by itself doesn't shine that bright. But a a sky that's full of stars together, the combined light shines so much brighter. And I was 19 years old and I was sitting on that van and I've never forgot that teachable moment. He took a team that was divided and he pulled us together, he dealt with the issue, and then he gave us a visual teachable moment with the stars. And so as we disciple others, look for those teachable moments and teach through them. And then finally we teach through asking good questions. Jesus does it over and over and over again in the gospels. Matthew chapter 16, he asked his disciples, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? Luke six, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? It's an interesting question. And then he asked them in Luke 12, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Do You get the point questions, he's not lecturing. He's asking a question, but the question is causing his the, you know, disciples to reflect, to think and, and have to figure it out a little bit. And we teach others through asking great questions. Bart Tarman, many of you know him, he's the pastor at Summerlin Press. He's been a guy in my life that's invested in me. And I was struggling with a huge decision. And I brought it to him and we were talking and he just asked me one question. He said, is this a career decision or a kingdom decision? And I was like, whoa, just asking the question taught me to reflect on my own decision-making? Am I making decisions for my career and it's all about John Ireland? Or am I making decisions that honor God and are about building His kingdom? So let's close. Now, let me just ask you this question. How many of my points, of those five points, require you, first of all, that you can't implement any of them unless you go to seminary and get your master's in church, in Bible, in discipleship, in Christian leadership, none of them. Every one of you can do what we just talked about. You can make disciples by teaching them to obey everything he's commanded. So here's your COVID clarity question for the week. I want you to reflect on a person that God has used to teach you how to follow Jesus. And then which of the five ways that I mentioned in this message has had the biggest impact on you. And which one are you going to take from this message and use as you seek to impact and influence and make disciples of others by teaching them in these five ways? Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for your word. May it bear fruit in our lives. May we get off the fence and begin to invest and impact others through teaching in these variety of ways that you've modeled for us. And now I pray that you would uh, speak through Russ Michelson and his interview about discipleship, in Jesus' name, amen. Enjoy the interview. Hey, we've been in this series now over the last several weeks, focusing on the Great Commission, Go Make Disciples of All Nations, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. And, we're going to wrap up this uh, message this morning by uh, having a little quick interview with Russ Michelson. And I want to introduce Russ to you. Russ has been part of Ocean Hill since the very beginning. And uh, I have been in some discipleship mentoring groups with Russ. It's been a lot of fun and a great adventure together. We've had some great trips together as well. So we have a great history together and I've invited Russ to come. Not because he's the perfect Christian, but because he's the perfect guy to tell the story. He's in his 70s now, and he could be checking out and kind of just uh, going through the motions, but he's made some different choices. So, Russ, welcome.
1: Thank you uh, for letting me come. I um, I remember taking a, teaching a class in the uh, University of Lithuania, and the professor got up at the end of the day and I said to him how did I do and the guy says don't quit your day job
0: (laughs) okay don't turn the TV off right now or your computer we're jumping into the interview here we go I want to ask the first question which is the why question why have you chosen at this season of your life to invest in other men and guys spiritually we might call it mentoring we might call it spiritual friendship The Bible calls it discipleship, but uh, we've been part of these groups. Why are you doing that?
1: Well, for the the first 50 years of my life, uh, I really didn't have any emotional relationship with God or family or marriage. But I did have a tremendous relationship with work. And I did because work was risky, and it kept my heart pumping. So the big light bulb went on about 20 years ago when God said, hey, uh, I enjoy risk too. And I would like you to do some risky stuff for me. And so um, very tentatively, I started to do that. We uh, went down to a, a house down in Ecuador in Quito. Uh, we, uh, ser- I served on a board in a, in a university in Lithuania. Right. Part of a church plant here in Santa Barbara. Um, all things that were kind of risky with money
0: and with time and with effort. So that's why. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got into these four by four groups with uh, me and Dan and Kip and younger guys. <clears throat> and we kind of in one way didn't really know what we were doing but we were experimenting we were risking we didn't know if guys were going to want to be part of a group with us or not and but i think over the last 10 years of your life i'm that i'm aware of you have intentionally uh, invested in younger men spiritually created experiences environments where conversations can happen and I, I, as you think about so part of it for you is a spiritual risk that you you kind of getting off of the sidelines and I, OK, God use me. But how how did you guys how did you select who you were going to invest in? How do you do that? You're in a group right now. How have you I mean, is it you cast lots? You uh, well, I mean, what, how does this thing work?
1: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? you lost. <laughs> No, it, it, um, it's weird how that can be such a stumbling block. Mm-hmm. Am I going to be good enough? Am I going to be boring? Is this person I'm choosing an idiot? You know, all those kinds of questions <laughs> just drive you crazy. I love it. But God directs that, yeah. and he removes that terror, and there's a lot of people out there that want to be in a group. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of them. So you just got to just
0: do it. Yeah. And you, you've chosen more of partnering with friends versus I'm just going to do this by myself. And that seems to uh, be a win for you. You enjoy it. There's energy around. But maybe just talk about why have you rather than, OK, I'm just going to pick a guy and meet with him one on one. You've done it. You're in a three by three right now. You've done four by four, maybe two by whatever it is. Just talk about why that method versus one-on-one for you.
1: Well, for me, uh, partnerships in business have been, are very important to me. And uh, two heads are always better than one. And when you have a, a group of people, you get to see how different people react to God, how different people react to family situations, uh, how that people are different. Mm-hmm uh and so when you're in a group
0: you've got to deal with that
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's good that's so good i think another benefit um that i've seen is i think it the, the group thing or doing it with like you're you're doing it right now with a couple of buddies it strengthens your friendships you're doing ministry together rather than hey we're just kind of talking about our own stuff we're investing in other guys and in the midst of that you're meeting you're talking about it you're praying about it and you're growing spiritually and having deeper friendships because you're helping others grow is that true yeah
1: it's not about your perfection yeah it's not about you you you're the perfect person and you're going to tell mr jones here how you know this is the way it is It's about transformation and the the younger guy can transform you and you can help transform him it's yeah yeah you got to be humble to get that
0: (laughs) yeah so last question is i think i think ocean hills but i think even broader than ocean hills the church in america has a lot of fence sitters a lot of people that are christians that are i go to church and uh But they're not making disciples and um, it might be fear it might be they don't feel worthy they feel inadequate there's a lot of reasons but what would you say to those that are like oh that's great for russ but um not for me
1: well i i wouldn't wait for 50 years before i would make that make a decision there and i really think you're shortchanging yourself when you don't do that when you don't make that decision god can overcome any kind of inadequacy that you think you've got god can overcome that you are important to him and you're going to be important to somebody else so that's a that's a win-win Yeah. so either get involved by joining a group or get a couple of friends and and do it
0: yeah i'm just thinking of the groups we were in too there were so many high moments where we're like god showed up and The magic happened and the Holy Spirit was there. And then there were other nights or moments where we're like, boom, wah, wah. Okay, and that's part of life. That's just that's all part of it. And rather than beating ourselves up, you get back up and take your swings at the plate. And 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 that's what we want to say to to our, our church family here to get in the game and be part of making disciples. That's what this church is uh, committed to, is living out the Great Commission. Not talking about it. That's my greatest fear. We're going to get to the end of this series and you're going to go, great, great, oh awesome Pastor John, great sermon series, and nothing changes. So we're praying that you will get off of the fence and into a discipling relationship and group. Hey, before we let you go, Russ, uh i've known you a long time and i hear you talk about different partnerships business partnerships but i'm going to put you on the spot what what's been the most important partnership in your 50 plus years of business and family and the whole thing just i'm going to tee it up for you man i want to know give 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 me give, give us your your most important partnership i am
1: married to the most beautiful woman in the world and we've been married for 50 years 5-0,
0: Five O, baby, five O! Wow.
1: So that is the most important par- partnership I've ever been in. Um, June's examples of love for God and love for me and love for our family and love for church and yeah. others—it's huge. What a legacy! Yeah.
0: And what i love about that the word partnership you guys stick together and you've been making a difference living beyond yourself you guys have modeled that so well for our god family here at ocean hills that uh you open your home you do ministry together i mean you guys really are a ministry couple and god's used you in so many layers and so many ways in different seasons of your life God bless you guys, man. Thank you for sticking it out and being a role model for the rest of us. I'm, I'm behind you, man, looking up at you. I hope I catch you someday. So thanks for tuning in. It's been a great morning. Uh, We like to say God is good, don't we? All the time. All the time. Oh, Lordy. (laughs) (laughs) He's better than you think. (laughs) Have a great Sunday. Before you re-enter your day, we hope that you will take just a few moments to pause and respond to what God has put on your heart through this message. Thank you again for listening to the Ocean Hills podcast. For access to more sermons, visit the watch and listen page on oceanhills.org or find them on the Ocean Hills app.